Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode, part of the Just a Bite series, posted March 13th, 2019, titled, Why Would God Make Me a Lesbian? I try not to pay too much attention to apologist Frank Turek, but recently one of his videos started taking off, and I found it to be particularly egregious. So without further ado, why did God make me a lesbian? God made you a lesbian? Not me, Frank Turek. God made Frank Turk a lesbian. No one's a lesbian. What? Excuse me? I mean, some people are lesbians. You you are. I mean, uh... Ladies and gentlemen, Christy Santiago, Apologia, point, counterpoint. You mentioned the acorn analogy, that an acorn mm-hmm. is, pre- is programmed to grow up into a tree. Yes. Um, if, if things are directed how God wanted them, then why did he direct me to love women as mm-hmm. one loves men? Great question. I'm very curious if she's a Christian or not. If she's seeking a way she can reconcile who she is and what she believes, or if she's merely wanting to put Frank on the spot here. Either way, I like her. I like her as well, and I agree. It was a really good question, and brave of her for standing up in front of all of those people, cameras, and asking it. Well, the question might be, how do you know God directed you to do that? There's a good reason this young lady jumped on Frank's idea that a tree necessarily comes from an acorn as a result of a genetic program that God was responsible for. If you're a Christian who wants to hold on to a belief that any form of non-straight sexual orientation is, in and of itself, a deviancy... You first have to categorically deny that sexual orientation is genetic. Or to lump it in with other genetic disorders that God allows, like sickle cell anemia, Down syndrome, or genetic heart failure. As inappropriate as that grouping may be, at least the church doesn't condemn those other forms of genetic variation to hell for eternity. What would make this variation worse than those? Well, first, he'd need to give me sufficient evidence to believe in his God before I'd start contemplating whether he ever directed anything. And there are a lot of things that go on in this world that all of us have. All of us have certain orientations to things we ought not do according to God, but yet we still do them. That's why we live with a fallen nature, right? All of us have a fallen nature. With fancy footwork, Frank is throwing everything that his Bible calls a sin into the category of orientation. Theft orientation, adultery orientation, lying orientation. But these are not apt comparisons to sexual orientation. Theft orientation would always be against Frank's God. But attracted to females is pleasing to God for half the people when apparently displeasing for the other half. Not everyone is in the same boat here. This is faint praise, but at least Frank doesn't encourage his listeners to think of homosexuality as a sin worse than others. Kind of like thanking someone for hitting you with a hammer instead of a chainsaw, but it's something. (laughs) Yeah, it's something, all right. And the whole idea of a fallen nature, quote unquote, is a horrible thing to teach our young. You were not born bad. And the idea that being gay is an ought not to, well, that's just infuriating to me. Sexual orientation carries no morality. Should we expect that in this fallen world that God would give us a nature 
that wasn't fallen? Hmm. Did I expect a God to give us a nature that wasn't fallen? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what a just and moral God would do. This is entirely internally consistent with Christian theology. Adam and Eve screwed up, so we all have to be non-perfect as a punishment. But they will ignore a verse like Exodus 4.11. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? It's quite a dodge to pretend that the God of the Bible, if real, says he decides who is born blind or deaf, but isn't somehow directly involved in making gay people gay. No, so we're all struggling with sin. That's why we need a savior. Because everyone, you and me and everyone in this room, needs the sacrifice that Christ provided. And now Frank has sidestepped the question in full. An honest and nuanced inquiry about identity in the Creator is met with, doesn't matter, we all need Jesus. Everyone needs the sacrifice that God provided? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. A human sacrifice is never, ever needed. An all-powerful God could just forgive. Or better yet, an all-knowing, all-powerful creator God could have created a world without sin altogether. Yikes, Paul Gia. This guy is dangerous. He's calm and likable. His message is very damning and damaging to young people who might be struggling with their very own sexuality. Way to go, preacher man. This is the opposite of love, acceptance, and understanding. Regardless of what our feelings are, regardless of which way we're directed, based on nature or nurture. And as you know, there's a big debate over how much is nature, how much is nurture. At least Frank isn't blanket asserting that sexual attraction is a choice, but he's not admitting that it isn't a choice either. From my perspective, it makes no difference to what extent it's nature and nurture. A child doesn't get to choose either of those things, so ultimately it's not a choice. You nailed it! High five, Apologia! It is your sexuality. It is not a choice. Human sexuality is on this long, beautiful spectrum, and everybody has their own personal sexuality. Uh, for all of our sexual orientations. What are my feelings inherently wrong to have? Our feelings inherently wrong to have? I don't think there's a way you can be blamed for having feelings. Look, I have feelings all day that I ought not act on, and sometimes I fail. But it's not the feelings that are the issue, it's the action that flows from them. But there is a set of Bible-approved responses to opposite sex attraction. Why does God provide acceptable outlets for the straight, but no similar outlet to the queer? This is part of what seems highly unfair from a supposedly just God. What? <clears throat> this is great advice if we are talking about getting upset and wanting to throw or break something. Not human sexuality. This makes me upset and makes me want to throw something right now. Woo-saw, Christy. Woo-saw. Listen, nothing is wrong with you if you are attracted to the same sex. Nothing's wrong with the actions that come from that attraction, as long as it is mutual and consensual. Go get you happy on, people. When you, when you look at Matthew chapter 5, Jesus actually ratchets, ratchets up the standard. He says if you're just angry with your brother, you're guilty. Well, thanks, Jesus. I don't have a prayer of living up to that, and I don't. He says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I can't do that. You can't do that. Nobody in this room can do that. Who can do it? Only he can. Oh my gosh. That just sounds exhausting. That tired Christian narrative of spending all waking hours trying to be perfect, but always failing. And all the while knowing that perfection is impossible to accomplish anyway. And at the same exact time, judging the people who do fail. This is so damaging and just awful to me. Doing your best and failing is the way we learn and become better people. You, my friend, are not made 
broken. Frank just destroyed his own narrative that someone with same-sex attraction should adopt a strategy of inaction. Because, of course, Frank seems to tacitly accept that attraction isn't a choice, that means that thoughts about attraction are also not a choice. At least straight people can have a small chance of having pure thoughts of attraction if they can have it for the person they're married to. I think we all make mistakes, but I don't think something so, like, something like love that's supposedly pure. It can be pure in the way that a man loves a woman, or a man loves a man, or a woman loves a woman. Who's to say that the way you love your wife Mm -hmm. is any different from the way I'm going to love someone in the future, whether it be a man or a woman? This is in the spirit of what I was saying. God allows an avenue for sexuality to be explored for straight people. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 9 specifically addresses this. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. But Frank's God provides no such outlet for the queer people he has made. They must burn with passion or burn in hell. Seemingly both. So again, follow this book I follow or burn and be tortured for all eternity. Though burning with passion sounds a whole heck of a lot better if you ask me. Well, it's not me to say anything because I'm not the moral arbiter of the universe. That's true. Right? So I, I don't decide right and wrong. This is why when people come to me and say, well, don't impose your morality on me, like I said earlier, I said, this isn't my morality. I didn't make any of this up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just following orders, lady. Yes, okay, he makes me growl. But seriously, he's good at taking the blame off of himself and the horrendous ideas that he is pushing and putting it back on his imaginary God. A God that can and will punish you for eternity if you don't follow his book's rules and believe what he believes. Rules, mind you, that have been interpreted by fallible human minds with their own agendas and rules that have changed tremendously throughout the centuries. In fact, there were things I wish were different But I'm not the general manager of the universe. And there we have it. Evidence that Frank is actually more moral than his God. Most Christians are more moral than their God, which I'd like to encourage. If you're going to remain a Christian, please continue to not follow the immoral parts of your book. You are so right about that, Apologia. Most Christians are much, much more moral than this Yahweh character, though many would never admit this. I guess, back to your your question, you'd have to define exactly what you mean by love. What What does love mean? Can you care for somebody the same sex? Of course you can. I do. The question is, should you go further than that into some sort of romantic relationship? Yes! Yes, you should allow yourself happiness, love, and companionship. Yes to sex as well. For those of us lucky enough to find love, we should embrace that love, follow our hearts, and love with everything we've got in this one life we get. Do not deny yourself something as amazing and wonderful as love just because preachers and pastors have scared you into thinking that you'll be burned and tortured for all eternity. Just because an old book has been interpreted to fit a bigoted narrative that just so happens to align with the views of the person doing the interpretations. And it is absolutely abhorrent to call these wonderful things that make you, you sinful. And just because the holy book of choice says that you are sinful for being true to yourself does not mean that you are. I mean, first, I need to know if this God he is threatening her with is even real and what evidence can be demonstrated for a justified belief in him. And also, why would he, this God, create me or her the way that we are just to punish us for being the way we were created? I definitely do not subscribe to the idea that everyone against gay rights are gay themselves. But did it sound to you like Frank has been tempted to take some brotherly love to the next level? Never mind. Don't answer that. Scripturally, if you believe in the scriptures and if you believe in natural law... Define natural law. 
Natural law is the idea that everybody intuitively understands moral right and wrong on the big issues. Mm, I personally don't know if I'd call these natural laws, but I do agree that most healthy-minded humans do know intuitively right from wrong on most of the big issues, especially when adequate education is available and factual information is taught instead of an ideological indoctrination. Didn't Frank just say that if he was creating the moral laws that he'd do things differently? Doesn't sound like what's written on his heart is matching what's written on the page. I'm sure that he would do things differently. We are a very social species, and if something would hurt him, it would most certainly hurt others. And as a social species, we do not take pleasure in doing things that hurt or harm people. More pessimistically, we are a social species. And since our survival and reproduction chances are directly related to our coherence with our group, then those who are best able to suppress selfish behavior and rather act in the accepted norms and benefits of the group will be the ones who pass along their genes to the next generation. To succeed evolutionarily, a social species must balance self-preservation and empathy. Why is even your pessimism educational, Paul? <laughs> I'm just kidding, not really. But what about love? Let's talk about love. Love is not wrong. Spending your life loving someone and being loved and returned well, to me, that's the greatest joy a human can hope for. Be it a man and a woman, a man and a man, or a woman loving another woman, or a combination of all the above. Love is love, man. There's a natural design to the universe that we're intended to go in a, a particular direction, and that we know we're supposed to shun evil and we're supposed to seek the good. Frank is treating evil and good as if they are nouns. In nature, what is good is what leads to survival, procreation, and prosperity. When a lion eats a zebra, has it committed evil by removing life? or committed a good by sustaining life. And while we're talking about nature, should we be bringing up that homosexual behavior is well documented in nearly every classification of wildlife? Why yes! I do think that it's very appropriate to bring that up. How homosexual behavior is not just well documented, but it's quite common, especially among herding animals and social species, just like us. Matter of fact, homosexual behavior has been observed in over 1,500 animal species. We're talking about everything from mammals to crabs and worms. We're everywhere, man. And you think that natural law was founded by, like, Christianity? No, 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 no. No, it existed long before Christianity. That's why, for example, Noah, the entire generation of Noah was judged. They didn't have any scripture, they didn't have any Bible, but God expected them to know basic right and wrong because he had written it on their hearts. Ugh, at this point in my life, this it's written in our hearts argument just makes me giggle. It's not even worth a response. Apparently homosexuality isn't one of those big picture moral things that God writes in everyone's hearts, though. For example, this article references research into many African tribes for which there was no stigma against homosexuality until the arrival of Christian missionaries. Maybe their hearts were missing a few chapters. So you don't need the Bible to know basic right and wrong. Everyone already knows it. Where most people are in line morality-wise are things that increase well-being and minimize harm. These are biological advantages and shared goals. Where people share goals, they are likely to share strategies to achieve them. Where people don't share goals, they aren't going to agree. This has nothing to do with the Bible. You've got a point, Paul. Tribalism is much, much older than the Bible. Now we can suppress it, we can reject it, we can go our own way, and all of us do on occasion, but it's still there. Wow. Frank didn't answer her question. Affirmed she has no choice in being how she is, but still insisted she is evil merely for the crime of having thoughts she can't control. She's not allowed to have romantic love, but if she plays her cards right, the God who made her unlovable will love her. Does that about sum it up, Christy? Oh, unfortunately, you nailed it. 
I just really hope that this young lady continues to ask those hard questions and that she learns to follow her own heart. I hope that she, as well as all of our brothers and sisters who have struggled and suffered because of biblical bigotry or religious bigotry of any kind, find freedom and acceptance and a loving community to call their home where they can be their natural, not sinful, true selves. If you'd like to hear more from Christy Santiago, she's co-host of a new podcast, League of Extraordinary Atheists for Humanism. Subscribe now and check out the link in the description. And if you're new to the channel, please take a second to subscribe and tap that notification bell for all my latest videos on creation science, theology, hermeneutic news, and more. Until next time, later.